I can't believe he bought a domain of dread on Craigslist. Oh, hey, Bill, look what I found in the shed with all the chainsaws and other sharp things. A hockey mask? Striped sweater? Do, do you know what this means? Uh, Charlie Brown used to live here, and he's Canadian? It means it's part two of creating a domain of dread from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. Hi. He he has a wheelbarrow full of sharp things he brought in from the shed. Yeah, they're, um, they're sharp. That's why I'm staying back here. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I I can't imagine why anybody would need that many sharp things, unless they're a barber, or a scarecrow, or a lumberjack, or a butcher. Stay out of hell out of my or, shed. Or a butcher. Yeah. They're, um, <laughs> well, that explains it. Well, you're bound to hurt yourself. Yeah. Yes. And we're out of band aids. Well, I mean, he doesn't roll a natural one on fantasy role playing games alone. In real life, he rolls ones as well. And yes. a lot of them. So we're back on Van Richten's. We're back, and we're finishing up the uh, uh, creating a Domain of Dread. Uh, we got our Dark Lord. We started with the Domain of Dread. But now we're getting into uh, genres of horror, and um, we're going to we're gonna go through... These genres of horror and, you know, maybe settle on one for our, our domain. I already know what I have in my mind as a, <laughs> a genre that I think would, would fit well with our, um, our domain and, and our Dark Lord. But I would probably attach that to just about any domain of dread that I would create or that I would, that I would run, you know, that's in this book. Okay. Because I have a very biased opinion on what I think great horror is. And you really? Yes. With, with a a staunch um, opinion in this particular genre. Yeah. You know, and I find this startling. It's my, it's my grandfather's fault for (laughs) introducing me to a lot of the old, not that he was a huge horror buff or anything like that, but, I used to watch a lot of the a uh, lot of the old black and white horror movies from Universal Pictures mm-hmm. when I was when I was younger and uh, Lon Chaney and Boris Karloff, Boris Karloff and Vincent Price, yep. and Bella Lugosi the, uh, and you know uh, Peter Cushing and Golden Era, yeah Christopher Lee who was in real life a badass of epic epic proportions. But let's um let's let's talk about some of this stuff like like body horror. Now, these kids today, 
like that gory stuff. <laughs> you sound like me when you say that. And These kids today. You know, body horror, that's not scary. That's just that's just damn gross. Oh, this is worse on my Xbox. Like human centipedes with their mouth is on people's fannies and the whatnot and all sorts of, uh, although the thing was kind of a body horror movie and, you know, the second one with Kurt Russell. Yes. And that was, that was pretty good. I mean, I'll give it that. Yeah, I, um, I actually like that one. Uh, so body horror, like, let's talk a little bit about body horror. It's uh it examines a universal feel, uh, fear of our own failing anatomics. Um, that's, I, you know, I call bullshit on that because that is life every day for the three of us. <laughs> I was, right? was going to say almost exactly the it's, same. <laughs> so, um, failing anatomy. Yeah, All yeah. right, that that's about eighty percent of my body. Yeah, you get. I'm not there yet. You get used to yeah, it. You're forty percent. You're catching up. Yeah, Lou is. <laughs> don't let. He's the spry young one. Yeah, don't let Lou fool you. Lou, uh, if Lou was a car, he'd be in the junkyard alongside me and Bill as well. So, um, just a slightly yeah, newer addition. He'd be mostly Bondo, <laughs> but at least I'd be whole. But at least I'd, I'd be mostly rust. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something. Listen, you're gonna have to deal with that. Any but our our the biggest part of our listener base is what twenty eight to thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> It's coming for you. Oh, yeah. You know, that's inexorably. Time marches on. Yeah. Our listeners that are our age, well, they already know this. Um, (laughs) They're laughing right alongside us (laughs) or crying, depending on who you're talking to. The, the body horror stuff is, is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's gory and it's, it's, it's disturbing. Well, I, I think the kids, you think body horror and it's like, oh, evisceration. You know, lots of blood, but there's ways yeah. to go about body horror without necessarily spewing four or five quarts of blood, like body transformations. Yeah, yeah. I but I I, I can't help but think the more, the more uh, the more gory or gruesome, the more it falls in line with 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 the body horror. You know, it's it's a uh, stuff like. Um, uh, you, when, when we remember when we did the, uh, illithids episode, yep. I, I see, um, dealing with, um, illithids, mind flayers, uh, very much so like, like body horror, you know, that little, um, that little tadpole they put in your brain kind of wiggling through the ear or the nostril or, or them just, uh, literally, um, sucking your brain out of your head until, well, yeah, you know, it's, you know, that's. Definitely body horror, and it it goes along with like mutation and stuff like that. So, yeah, a little tadpole boring your brain out until it eats it all, and and you're gone, and it's there. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a really big fan of the body horror thing. I mean, they have a a pretty cool list of body horror monsters. Like the gibbering mouther is probably one of my favorites, as is like a flesh golem. I'm along with you on that one. I mean, the Carrion Stalker is okay. The Doppelganger, eh? It, it's kind of like been done a bunch. Um, yeah, I, I like the Aboleth myself. The, the yeah, the yeah. Aboleth is uh, is 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 creepy. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a body horror kind of thing. Or uh, 
I don't think they made it into fifth edition yet, but you re- do you remember the Mongrel Men from? Oh yeah, yep. you know yep. way back, those uh, kind of piecemeal creatures. I think they uh, they they probably fall in line with um, a, a body horror type of thing. But, but I think you're right. I think body horror is kind of like the go to in most cases yeah. for horror, and it's it's been so overdone uh, in not only movies, but in your video games, your video play, evil resident, resident, evil. resident, resident evil. evil. Yeah. I got that aspect. Resident evil is, is tons of body horror. Uh, and I think that's kind of desensitized a lot of people to that particular type of horror. Yeah. I, I think, um, and for our domain of dread, I think body horror, it doesn't fit. May not necessarily may not necessarily fit. I, the only time I think it would now, I, there is a an old um, old Twilight Zone episode where uh, I think Billy Mumy from Lost in Space was in it, and uh, he was this this kind of uh, this jerk of a kid. Who oh had these, yeah, these yep. uh, you know special powers, and he would send people to the uh, cornfield. Uh, but he would turn them into things like, and all the, all the adults were like shit scared of him because, you know, they didn't want to turn into a uh, jack-in-the-box, you know, where their head would come shooting out of this box attached to a spring. And it, and I, I think that is the sort of thing that, you know, in the body horror realm would probably work well for our Dark Lord, but I, I, I don't see it as being the meat and potatoes, really. No, because, you know? because we've already set the precedent that she's already done that. Like yeah, by changing you know some of the people into topiary and and stuff like that. So you're right. It it is kind of a, a an ability of our particular dark lord, but I don't. You're right. I don't see it as the meat and potatoes of of her particular ways. Right. Now let's let's talk about cosmic horror because that's something I know every one of us are uh, familiar with. Having read the works of H.P. Lovecraft, <laughs> anybody who's sat in front of a pulp magazine at any mm-hmm. point in time, you're going to see H.P. Lovecraft's uh, stuff here. Uh, old, old, old stories, but they age well, don't you think? Very much so, because this is a genre or a particular type of horror that isn't overdone. So right. it still has that shock value when it's done well. There's been some poor attempts, obviously. Yeah. But when it's done well, it still catches people off guard. And there's the there's the madness associated with the discovery of such things that I think adds a, another layer to the um, you know, the horror story where people's grip on insan on their sanity uh loosens. It becomes questionable. Yeah, and um if you never played uh, Call of Cthulhu Give it a shot. If you can find someone who is is good at running that sort of thing, because I I think you, I don't think it's easy to run a game like that. You, you have to be real good at mind games. Yeah, um, false leads, double entendres, yeah. that kind of stuff where you think you're following something or in heading in a direction and realize, oh yes, you've been following all along, but it's not what you expected. Yeah. Usually worse. Yeah, and I uh, uh, what comes to mind is when we played that game with with Scott Legault most recently, and and the three of us were there. It was one of those rare occasions that the three of us were able to able to play. We played with Aaron uh, from uh, Level Up Your Gaming podcast and, and Jerome um, D twenty curtain. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, uh, Dave 
from retro RPG reviews, yeah. and what a good time we we had doing that. But um, the net, was that the one that ran till one in the morning or pretty close to that? No, that that was a uh, huge rots. Uh, oh, that's right too. Yeah, um, game that yeah, and I had to get up in like three and a half hours later to go to work, <laughs> but I lost track of time. But Scott did just that with 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 his game. It was like okay, I know exactly what's going on for like the first three and a half hours, and then and then he. You know, then the curveball came, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I have no, no, I didn't see this coming." Surprise! Yeah, that, that well, that's was, that's that's good. That's a good director who yeah. is playing Call of Cthulhu and has that that almost M Night Shyamalan kind of spin at the end that you didn't expect. Yeah, uh, um, you know, so definitely give the Call of Cthulhu game a shot. Um, and, uh, really, I think if you're going to do anything with cosmic horror, like, uh, reading a little bit of HP Lovecraft stuff is, is almost, almost necessary. Really? I actually, yeah, absolutely necessary. It should be required reading if you're going to go that route. Because I believe he's the one that kind of started that whole theme of, of cosmic horror Mm -hmm. and the old gods and stuff. And even reading some of, uh, Robert E. Howard's Conan stuff is good too, because, H.P. Lovecraft stuff kind of bled into the Conan stories a little bit because they were yes. pen pals. And again, they have a pretty good list of creatures. Um, I mean, 23 deep, that's oh, that's a challenge rate. Okay, <laughs> I guess you put my glasses on. Yeah. I looked at, wow, 23? Oh, okay, that's a challenge rating. But yeah, it goes all the way up to challenge rating 23 with the Kraken. Yeah, I uh, I like the Kuatoa because they're, they're very Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name of the I forget the name of the story, but there was a uh, there was an H.P. Lovecraft story about these fishmen that would kind of come out of the ocean and snatch up people in this fishing village. And I know someone out there knows it. It's on the tip of my tongue. This is the this is where the body horror starts to creep in because like my brain isn't working. Um, Should we get a flashlight, look in your ears for tadpoles? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have mind flares in here. They have the aboleth yeah. in here. They have beholders in here. So there's there's some some big guns in this list. There there is, and they're all very very appropriate. The uh, the aboleth though, the aboleth uh, coming in strong on uh, two of the lists. Huh? He's yep, got it. The aboleth is is such a cool thing, and it, it is is very Lovecraftian too. Extremely. But does cosmic horror fit with our? It does not. It does not. It it it, does it, not. it doesn't. It it makes for a really good story, a very good horror story, a very good horror story. Yeah, but like you mentioned, it does not fit our particular Dark Lord. Let's move on to dark fantasy. Dark fantasy is is cool stuff. It is very much so, and in the D anD D world, this is probably most likely to be the go to for a lot of your game masters. Any tale featuring both supernatural elements and horror. So it's good does not always win, I like in this one. Of course, in my game mastering, the good <laughs> doesn't always really, win anyways. Yeah. I would say rarely. I let the good guys win once in a while. Uh, individuals with great power and unopposed schemes might be the norm. So tell me then, what... Uh, what would be dark fantasy? What What have we seen either in books or movies that you would you would say is kind of dark fantasy? Hmm. I'm not as good as remembering this stuff as you are, but 
See if I can dredge something up in the dusty Rolodex I call a brain. One of these days, I'm going to have to explain to our younger viewers what a Rolodex is. Yeah, yeah, because they, they probably have no I reference my dusty Rolodex brain often. We'll have to put a picture up on, on Facebook. Um, <laughs> yes, Bill's brain, <laughs> cobwebs and all. Um, yeah, nothing immediately comes to mind. I... I would I would say uh maybe Hawk the Slayer. Um as a direct Lou's shaking his head. You know what? Watch the movie. Okay. <laughs> Lou is such a so critical of this masterpiece of modern cinema, but it is watch it if you want to go to sleep. It was it was a good movie, Lewis. If you say so, I don't remember it. Uh, for the record, when we watched it, Lewis was three sheets to the wind. I knew that was going to come along with two pillowcases and a dust ruffle. Yeah, so he was uh, he was on the <laughs> stairs. We were waiting for him to roll down the stairs. I could post a picture of that too. Him falling asleep, leaning on yeah. the guardrail, sitting on in the his stairs. like Stewie pajama pants or whatever, <laughs> whatever they are. Um, dark fantasy, like um, maybe labyrinth. Oh, there's yeah. the one. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, which was a, a, a great movie from the 80s with David Bowie. I mean, pretty much, I don't know, you put any David Bowie in anything and I'll watch it. Um, well, it's going to be dark and it's going to be fantasy. Yeah. What was the the uh, the other one? Uh, I don't know about Legend with, with Tom Cruise. I was thinking about that. I don't think that one really is dark. Probably probably not. What about Crawl? That Crawl, one I would yeah, say yeah. yes. Crawl would be definitely a dark fantasy. Crawl, now, now listen, if you've ever watched The Lord of the Rings and you go and watch any of these movies, they're just not going to stack up because, well, the budgets and the technology just wasn't there. <laughs> it's like 25, 40, 40 years ago. Yeah. But um, you get to see in Crawl a young Liam Neeson before everybody was kidnapping his daughter. <laughs> he needs to move to a different state or somewhere. So. He, he does. He's, uh, he's And they're not stealing his daughter, they're stealing his wife. Yeah, uh, his ex-wife. His ex-wife. And and I'm like... You've never been that lucky. I, I certainly haven't. <laughs> but I kind of know how the phone call would go. I have a certain set of skills, and none of them involve chasing my wife. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep her. Click. <laughs> um, that's not that's not a nice, nice thing to say. Uh, but... Um, yeah, you're um, getting hate mail. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I know from from both of them. Um, so that you know, dark fantasy. Dark fantasy has this. I, I I like good does not always win. So that you know, evil evil will prevail in many of the cases. And I really like and, that. And even because, if the hero does prevail at the end, the the villain gets away. Yeah, um, it you know, it's like okay, you've won the skirmish, but you haven't won the war. Yep, and the war goes on. So, yeah, that's. But I, I don't see this one fitting either. No, maybe it's a little closer than the other two, but Very, s- yep. still, uh, not a, not a, not a great fit. No, no. I mean, we could shoehorn it in, but I don't think it it work very well. Let's move on to folk horror. I like folk horror. Uh, adventures involving traditions, beliefs, perceptions passed down through the generations that take a terrifying twist. Uh, we're getting warmer. We we are getting warmer. We're we're in uh kind of X Files territory almost. You I know? was thinking yeah. Underdark, Underworld. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, Underworld. Oh, underworld, underworld. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All three of them. Yeah. Underworld is um, 
is a uh, is a good one. Any like there's some X Files episodes that were a lot like you know the folk horror stuff with the Jersey Devil, yep, um, and well, stuff like that. You can actually uh, what is that whole series? I didn't catch my uh, the Brothers Grimm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it, extremely folk horror. Exactly it, it, that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. The brothers, brothers Grimm was um was uh, now who was in it? Matt Damon and Heath Ledger. Maybe Does that sound right. Maybe they were like professional monster hunters. You know, they're kicking in the doors to gingerbread houses and shit like that. And um, <laughs> but I was, it was, I was thinking Penny Dreadful. Pen, yeah. Oh, Penny I Dre- love Penny. Dreadful. Penny Dreadful was a good watch. That one. Sir Timothy Dalton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that that's a that's a really 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 good example of of that. And this this is we're we're getting a little bit warmer, I think. Very much um, so. I mean, even one of the t- the community surroundings often influence its beliefs. Their traditions might be naturalistic or relate to some sort of ancient lore. We already know that the entire city is. Is a spinoff of of Candace's desires. Yeah. So yeah, this is very very much in the ballpark here. Yeah, and, and they have some nice. Uh, they have a nice roster of monsters like myconids and uh, cult fanatics and will o wisps and green hags and werewolves. They got you know they got the the classics in there. They do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say though it's uh, these these lists of the monsters are are great. For a a brand spanking new DM, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say, if you've got any sort of DMing experience, make your own homebrew the shit oh, out of this. Exactly. Oh yeah, on all on over all the place. of these, all yes. of these. That is definitely the way to go because you won't have to shoehorn anything into your campaign. It'll fit. Perfectly yep. well when when you when you homebrew your own monsters. Even if you just go through the monster manual and reskin a few things, yeah. change a couple of abilities, change the description a little bit, so you have the gist of what you're looking for, and then flavor it up the way, the way you want it to fit your world. Or even um, like we said, just look through some of the movies we've been saying, and you can get even better, great yeah. inspiration from those. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you get um their you know their beliefs, what the, how they think, how they how they feel, and why they do what they do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, reskinning like David Bowie's. Yep. Was it Goblin King? That's what he was, right? Yep. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, the list is very helpful. I think it's. I think they're top heavy though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of folk horror too, I I see stuff like the uh, you know Fae stuff, like the Seely and Unseely Courts, um, the Feywild, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, you want to do folk horror? Uh, what's that horror that comes around every? Uh, how, or uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, Leprechaun. Leprechaun, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, a folk horror for you. Yeah, yeah. But you could you can have uh, a series of undead brownies. You could have Love brownies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're 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 fantastic with like vanilla ice cream. You just gotta eat around the wings. But um, you reskin your monsters. Grab something out of there that would normally be a neutrally aligned. And Even like you're saying, but. Use folklore, actual folklore for yeah, something. Yeah, use real folklore, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. You know, uh, like a skinwalker or something. Um, yeah. Those are those are great, like, folklore, horror kind of monster things. So, on to the next one. Ghost stories. 
See, ghost stories number among the most psychologically elaborate genres of horror. Because everyone likes playing with dead things. I don't know about everybody. All right, that might be just me. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Right, that's, that's why nah, I, seem I, to, I seem to be in the minority. I'm here. moving my microphone over here. Hold on, give me yeah. a minute. For for the record, uh, <laughs> Bill is a Bill's a butcher. Um, I'm actually moving my mic again. I, I got to move. Away. Not a coroner. Um, <laughs> but uh, ghost stories, ghost stories are 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 great. I I think uh, the ghost stories make for uh, you could combine that with like a mystery. You know, it's like all right, let's solve a mystery or or, or whatever have you uh, surrounding the ghost uh, because ghosts them themselves aren't aren't great antagonists, but they, they could be the focal point of, of the, the adventure or the, the yeah, campaign. Cause I was thinking this, you know, when we're talking about, you know, movies and inspirations, Amityville horror. Amity. Well, yeah. Now that, yeah. yeah. Amityville horror or poltergeist. Yeah. Carol Ann. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I can't watch a TV go fuzzy anymore. Since uh, <laughs> like 1983, when when Poltergeist came out, and I was like, "Oh, and that, thread, that shit. tennis ball went through, came out the other end." Yeah, nope. Yeah, so uh, always ask before you buy a home if it was built on an ancient be- Indian burial ground, because if it was, you don't want it. Don't buy it because shit can go bad. But you can also go a little bit comedic, you know, do a little bit of comedy with this, like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yep. You could, or or you could go romance like Ghost with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. You know, if you yeah, want, I, I could see Lou over there trying to fashion a clay pot, clay pot standing behind him <laughs> yeah, while the while it. the music's playing. That's it. What's that? What's that music? Lou, sing it. And we're moving. But I, I don't think that uh, the ghost story is is really fitting. For our particular, um, neither do I. But before we go on to the next one, how about if we stop for a quick break? Yeah, I, I would like a um, a refill. Uh, I was going to say a funny bone. I would get you a refill. Well, close enough, I guess. We'll be right back. Let's talk about this week's sponsor. Drip It is an online gaming magazine that focuses on the gamer not just the games. Join the discussion of Dungeons and & Dragons and other tabletop role-playing games, retro gaming, classic gaming, and all those great games that don't get enough attention. Drippit calls itself an inclusive gaming roundtable. Yes, just like King Arthur's Knights of the Roundtable. Regardless of who you are or what you're playing, you are equally deserving of the respect owed to all who do battle in the world of gaming. Check them out at DripIt.com. That's D-R-I-P-P-I-T.com. Well, and we're back. The gerontologist gave us all a relatively clean bill of health. He looked at me and just shook his head. Yeah, it's, uh, well, shit. That's I just got a pass. I'm still alive. Still running. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's good. Well, see what happens when you uh, throw a few new spark plugs in Bill and change his oil every now and I'd again. I'd like the Studebaker that won't go yeah, away. It's odd. Uh, <laughs> Boy, checking the oil is not easy, but <laughs> maybe not for you, but I enjoy it. <laughs> and with that being said, let's talk about gothic horror. Because that was really horrifying. That was a... 
That's graphic horror. That's different. Yeah, gothic <laughs> horror. I, I like gothic horror. It is about the terror within and not the terror without. I th- like gothic horror, Edgar Allan Poe's work comes to mind. Yes. Um, I love Poe. I read Poe a lot when I was younger. Uh, Cask of Amontillado to this day is still my favorite. Um, I remember getting that getting that book when I was – that was back when, like, parents used to buy you books and stuff, and, and they were made out of paper. Oh, you didn't get them through Scope Scholastic? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got I got a bunch of stuff from, like, the uh, the Scholastic uh, Book Club. And yep, yep. There was another one, too, that used to come around. Yeah. I, um, what was the one you can get, like, 12 books for a penny? That was almost like the yeah, the, and then they hooked you for like four ninety nine a book after that. Yeah, for, the, for a minimum sci fi book club. Yeah, well, there's a whole bunch of book clubs. Yeah, that would, I was that's a how they, of the that's science how, fiction uh, book yeah. club. Columbia House. Columbia House. Columbia yeah, House. that's it. Yep. Yeah, I still owe uh, Columbia House money <laughs> for a rat, um, R A T T, um, <laughs> cassette that I, I bought in like nineteen eighty six. Or they sent it to you. They see they send it to you, and then they'd be like, okay, give me money. And, uh, you know, at like 17 years of age, I was like, I don't want to. So so I didn't. But, yeah, back <laughs> back then, I, I got one of those little books in my stocking, in, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, and it was a cask of Amontillado. I remember reading it and reading it over and over and over again. It was uh, it was good stuff. I remember as a science project, I, I called my science project the Telltale Heart, and I did a uh, a model of the human heart, and then put balloons inside and with a little hose and a little squeeze bulb bulb, and I'd make it pulse in there. And instead of just displaying it, I I put it under some floorboards, and you had to there's a like a pried up floorboard. And I was sitting there, and I called it the Telltale Heart. And and if Bill had not been drafted into the Civil War, <laughs> he would have been uh, one of the premier scientists and physicians of his day. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird. It's weird how things happen. Uh, well, uh, you know, just Lincoln called, but <laughs> thank, thank goodness he's with us today. Uh, <laughs> so Gothic horror. Yes. Uh, Gothic horror, I think is a little more in line with, um, what we were kind of looking at. I think this is probably the one that fits best. Yeah. And, uh, those universal movies, uh, you know, like the Frankenstein, uh, the werewolf and stuff. I think they fit nice. The mummy, mm-hmm. not, not the Tom Cruise rubbish that's out there. Oh yeah. You know, and hopefully he's not, he's not listening, uh, because that would be unfortunate. Um, I hope he does. He's a dick. <laughs> well, sorry, Mr. Cruz. Um, he, uh, yeah. Uh, he's like three and a half feet tall too. He's, no wonder he had to jump up from the couch and jump up yeah. in the air so he could be seen on Oprah. What the hell was that? But what a twit. There's nothing wrong with being three and a half feet tall. Um, size does not matter. It and, doesn't. Uh, Sam, Frodo, Mary, and Pippin proved that when they saved Middle Earth. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with three and a half feet tall. Just something wrong with being Tom Cruise. I'm holding my comments. Uh, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis is a, an unusually sedate on on the air. He's an absolute raving lunatic off the air. Like he throws things. It's a usually like, at us. He's like Christian Bale. Did you ever hear like uh, <laughs> any of those Christian Bale rages? Yeah, you know, like where yeah. he's yelling at the photographer and stuff. That's how Lou is like baseline. Except when 
he's like when the mic when the mic's on and there's a the chance mic, yeah. for witnesses. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's he's not like his normal sleeping with the enemy self. <laughs> when we walk downstairs to do our recording, we make sure he goes first because he'll just push us down the stairs. Yeah, like the. Got to make sure all the cans of ravioli are facing in the same direction or he loses his mind. That's it. And the flavors are in alphabetical order. Yeah. We're going to talk about this later. <laughs> that means it's going to be bad. The neighbors are going to call the police again. Louis Dearest. Yep. <laughs> so we got some, we got a nice roster of gothic horror monsters. Uh, you know, the vampire, the loop guru. Guru. That's a werewolf, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, why didn't they just say it? And then they got werewolf there. So the loop guru is like... Uh, I think it's a French... Yeah, <laughs> it's his, a French werewolf. His French I, cousin. I think it's an evolved or a uh, bigger werewolf. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you have Nosferatu. Yep. I have a problem with this. Yep, I do too. Nosferatu is a challenge rating of eight, and a vampire is 13. Yeah. Why the hell aren't those the other way around? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, Nos- Nosferatu... Um, is like the, the original. Yeah. So why why isn't the big daddy up top? The big daddy should be because I see it as the um you know like the vampire in Salem's Lot, you know the original Salem's yes. Lot. Right. Yep. Um which was which to this day kind of scares the it shit out of me. me. You know, <laughs> even though it's it I've seen it a bunch of times. It's like uh 50 years old and like what was it Starsky or Hutch? One of the two was <laughs> David Soul uh from Starsky and Hutch was was in it. Yeah. And they had themselves like a little vampire epidemic, a ghoul or a zombie, you know, a were-raven, which, meh. Uh, it's it's kind of low. So it's, yeah. Like they, and they um, come in flocks. Gargoyle, ghoul, zombie on the bottom. So these these are all like great, great things, you know, and, and uh, really add flavor to your to your your campaign, especially if you have all that gothic architecture, you know. Um and I, I would see some of this gothic architecture in the industrialized city. Maybe it, it would not be the prevalent architecture because there'd be a lot of that newer brick, dingier stuff there in in the city that surrounds her um, her dollhouse, for lack of a better yep. better term. But I think in our case, uh, Lady Candace would probably uh, her. Her the campaign surrounding her would probably be a a gothic gothic horror campaign. Well, we're thinking a lot of a Renaissance background anyway, so that yeah. would be prevalent. So yeah, it worked very well. I just have issues with one character or one monster, and that's the Ifriti. I, I don't. Think I looked Ifridi, at it too and went, "Why the hell why? is it yeah. in there?" I, uh, I I don't know. Someone was working late on a Thursday night, and they're like, "Shit." Tomorrow, I want to get out on time because it's Friday. I need and one been, more I've monster. Been, I've been trying to get that girl in accounting to say yes to going out with me. I don't want to blow it. I want to go home, freshen up my deodorant, you know, and, and maybe throw a little mouthwash in before I take her out to, you know, whatever sushi place these damn kids like nowadays. And uh, he was like, ah, but I got to finish this because we got the big meat. Ah, let's see. I'm flipping through the monster. Man. Afridi. Yeah, I'll just throw that in there. What the hell? Nobody will notice. And apparently they didn't because they published the book. They did. I, I mean, you know, burning in hell maybe-ish something. I, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't think it fits either. Yeah, it's not. No. And did you notice Nosferatu is only challenge rating eight and the vampires 13? Yeah. What were you guys thinking of? First, you put a barbarian in a Sailor Moon skirt. <laughs> And now Nosferatu's uh, sissy boy Nancy pants. 
you know, who can't you better go hope I don't find these sons of bitches at a, at a convention because I'm going to bring a piece of lumber and beat them soundly about the head and shoulders. Shame on you, Wizards of the Coast. Shame, shame, shame. <sighs> but yes, uh, I think gothic horror works very, very well for us. Candace would be happy. She would. Uh, we would not be sent to the cornfield to today. <laughs> or the or the topiary garden in the our topiary case. garden yeah the topiary garden you don't want you do not want to go to the topiary garden nor do you want to be tending to the white roses no so we have a few others here yeah I think that's 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 kind of uh kind of co- you, you know what and, and in looking at these bill to be honest with you I I would really like to see more of this and less of the of some of the other things you know like body horror just doesn't do it for me no um, I would definitely would have liked to see the, like the psychological horror expanded upon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, psychological, like uh, psychological horror. I think of maybe Saw. Yes. Yeah, like really, uh, you know, of course, Jaws. Ja- Jaws. 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 That's like is, the epitome of psychological yes. horror. When you got to watch the entire movie before you see the monster. Yep. And every time you hear the music, you're you're like ah, and. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had was when Jaws first came out, I was too young to go see it in the in the movies, movie theaters, but I, I saw it on HBO when HBO was still in its infancy. <laughs> and I think I probably violated my my Aunt Cheryl used to babysit me, and Aunt Cheryl was like the cool aunt. So uh she was like at my grandparents' house, and grand, grandma was off off to bingo, and I don't know where I don't know where grandpa was, but Aunt Cheryl was there on the front porch yelling at the neighborhood kids. Probably <laughs> was building a canoe or something, and I I recall Aunt Cheryl would uh, would let me watch like those movies that I was forbidden from watching because she was the cool aunt who wasn't that much older; she was like fourteen years older than me, um, and that's where I, where I ended up seeing. Um, uh, Jaws and uh, heavy metal. Oh, I love heavy metal. Yeah, uh, yep. cartoon boobs. Cartoon boobs. Cartoon yep. boobs to a an eleven year old <laughs> child is like all right. Good is good is the real thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, I got tinglys all over, and I don't know why, but I like it. <laughs> but the the coolest thing uh, a couple a couple of years ago, Bill and I went to Gen Con, and we got there a day a day early. And they were showing Jaws at some museum, yes, or something, yep. on the big screen. So I was like, "Shit, let's go see Jaws." Let's, let's go see Jaws on the big screen. So uh, f- finally, yeah. that was IMAX, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. IMAX, it, was, yeah. it, was uh, it was a massive screen, and it was it was even cooler than what Jaws is. One of those movies that holds up really, really well. Like. What it's it's got to be like fifty years old now or something close to that. It was the early seventies, uh, wasn't it? Seventy. I want to say seventy four. I'm not sure, but I want to say seventy four. Like, Lou's, Lou's going to look it up. He was going to say no, but he can't stop. It's not so looking. old that the only one alive is Dustin, not Dustin Hoffman, um, the Sharkologist guy there. Oh, what is his name? I forget. But 1975. 1975. Oh, yeah, one. so it's close, right? Yep. It's close. It's close to fifty years old. Ah. <sighs> I can't. Richard Dreyfus. Richard, oh yeah, Richard Dreyfus is like seventy. That's how old it is. I used to babysit him. But <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill graduated a year before Jesus. Um, <laughs> but Jaws, yeah, perfect psychological thriller because all you need to hear is that music, yep. and 
and you start to you start you know your heart rate starts to quicken even after all this time after I've seen the movie and I know when people are going to be eating and when they're not and and uh, I hear the music <laughs> and I'm like oh shit here it comes you know there's little sisters out there that their older brothers let watch that movie at home yeah. and then waited till they got into like the bathtub. And yeah. then would play the music on their cassette player or something like that, just to watch their, you know, hear the little sisters scream and dive out of the tub. Or, you know, somebody has their daughter and their friends watching it, and they know when everything's going to happen, and so the music going down and down. And as the shark goes to attack, their dad jumps, jumps in. <laughs> Why are you laughing while you say this? <laughs> not that Lou's done that before, right? You know, no, not at all. Yeah, my daughter was 13 and her friend was 12. They, I thought they damn near shit themselves. <laughs> And then I got yelled at by mom. <laughs> so, yeah, I think psychological horror is, is probably one of the funnest, but the one of the harder ones to pull off. Yeah. To, to slowly build the suspense. I pull mean, off decently. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's that. You, you got to you, you, you have to uh, basically channel your inner Hitchcock. Yep. Because Al did it better than anybody. He yeah I mean he was uh he was one of the Alfred Hitchcock was was one of the the greats in that yeah. in well he was psychological thriller yes. he was he was the yep the yeah. guy um, I think my favorite from him was the birds the birds oh yeah. everyone loves the birds yep yeah yeah he uh he was fantastic at at, at that they haven't they haven't really made you know they broke the mold when that. You know, with that guy because nobody's nobody's come after him that is as proficient. I think that probably that. the closest is um and oldness just got uh Stephen. King? Yes. King. I don't know why he couldn't think of his last name. Yeah, I do know why. Seagal? <laughs> No, there's a horror, but not psychological. That's body horror. That's body horror. That's body horror all the way. Yep. Or, a, or a disaster horror. Um <laughs> So uh, I I hope Steven Seagal is not listening either because he's gonna. We've dissed him more than once. What do you do? We're in like you know he's gonna come down and beat our asses. With you'll, his... you'll see him two blocks away. His yes. stomach gets here before he does. We're in trouble now. I have a bad knee and I can outrun him. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just and downhill he trips. Forget it. He'll bludgeon himself to death. All right, so let's look at some of the others. You got disaster horror, which yeah. is you know the 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 go tos. Comets are coming. Earthquakes. Floods. Um, all of which are really cool, but uh, a massive laundry list of yeah, like uh, like Walking Dead, probably a disaster horror. Yeah, um, twenty eight days later, um, two thousand twelve, um, San Andreas. Yeah, for some newer ones, but Mad Max, Mad Max, yeah, Mad that, Max yep, universe. Yep. Anytime you're you're messing with the. I mean, even Planet of the Apes basically is a disaster. Yeah, I was horror. thinking Thirteen Monkeys. I think it was called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, 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 that was really good. Brad Pitt was phenomenal in that. So was Bruce Willis was fantastic too. Was it Twelve Monkeys or Thirteen? How many monkeys were there? There were enough so that they ruined the world. Yes. Um, so there was. But if you had three more, they could have done Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Occult detective stories. There's your Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu, X-Files. Yep. Do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> C- 
Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Yeah, it was like vague, you know, Darren McGavin. Oh, I, yeah, like I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, it was like the X-Files grandfather. Right. Yep. Also Penny Dreadful again for this one. Penny, Penny Dreadful, uh, yeah. uh, occult detective stories. There's uh, th- That is, I think, of, of all of them, this is probably one of the easier ones to to run because um, it's a little more mainstream. It doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It's it's you know there's a horror aspect to it, of course, but it's it's not such a huge departure from what quote unquote everyday life. I right, say reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, of all of, of all of these, and you know, with maybe disaster horror being being in there, you know, just under it. And uh, slasher horror, you know, a- any horror movie made in the 80s. Yeah, any and all. Yeah, uh, Freddy Krueger movies, the, what is it, Nightmare on Elm Street, yep. Halloween, except for the one with the masks. That was dumb. And Friday the 13th. And American Werewolf in London. American, American Werewolf in London was a fantastic movie. I love that movie. If you have not seen it. Go watch it. Go watch it. It was it was uh it was good. It was really really really. And if that doesn't a, teach you never to hitchhike, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That was uh just uh. I think that was the first one that really went through the whole transformation of a werewolf too. It did it actually? It was yeah. Yeah, and well, the makeup effects for that period of time were of just yep. they're, they're, they're out, top out of world. Notch. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Jeez, I forgot about that that movie. That was fantastic. One of my faves. Slasher horror is um I I feel like slasher horror stuff would be would be tricky only because um you know if you're if you're your run of the mill everyday co ed that's you know in the in the middle of coitus at the halfway point of a movie and there's like a gratuitous uh uh boobs and buns scene there, it's it's easy to be scared by like a slasher. But if you are your attention is otherwise. Yeah. If you are, you know, a level anything barbarian and along <laughs> comes Jason Voorhees, Jason's getting his ass whooped. <laughs> it's like and, let, let and, me guess this straight. You have long fingernails and you're supposed to intimidate me? Yeah. I have a I have a great axe and and call that Myers guy because I'm gonna whoop both of your asses. <laughs> um so I see that being a tricky one to pull the horror thing off on, especially with a D and D game. Yeah, um, I I think uh, that was only going to work with at low levels and with more ordinary. Yeah, if you're playing like exceptional people as opposed to you know downright heroes and and uh, seasoned adventurers, then you could probably pull this one off. Our our table and our players <laughs> would. Would do horrible things to Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. It would be, they would be the ones in the slasher horror campaign. Yes. Um, with these murder hobos. Jason Voorhees, Jason Voorhees is the victim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they touch part of my bodies that I don't want to yeah, touch. Someone's going to be teabagging them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's just a way. It's just a way. Show our, me on this doll where roll. the monk yeah. touched you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a bunch of savages we yes. have we have at our, our gaming table, so that's uh, that's probably like would be my least favorite, my most favorite to watch in a movie, but my least favorite out of all of this to to run. I just feel like it would be very challenging to do that. Yeah, at, yeah. at a D and D table, a psychological horror would be my favorite to watch. 
and probably the, the my favorite to play as a game master. Yeah, because I, I, I think I'm twisted enough to pull that off. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I really like the occult detective stories. Hmm. Um, I could, I would, I would really enjoy something like that crafted in kind of like a Victorian England type of setting where people are wearing, you know, the tall hats and, uh, you know, the bowler hats yeah, and everything. Once like again, that. we're, we're flashing back to Penny Dreadful. Yeah. I, I think, love I think that, that would that, be, that, that would be, that was a phenomenal series. Absolutely too. phenomenal. Yeah. I think I would have a great time, great time with that. And I, I feel like that occult detective story would work well in the gothic horror setting of Our Lady Candace's uh, Domain of Dread. Yes. And I think you'd be able to, uh, and even for that matter, a slasher horror thing where, you know, you're almost dealing with a Jack the Ripper type of thing. Well, Jack the Ripper mentality. Yeah. And so you take that mentality, you throw the occult in there for flavor, and you you base it on the gothic horror and blend the other two in just to make sure they're not really quite sure what's going to happen next. Yeah, and next. now you have this wonderful salad yes. of, of horror genres to, to work with with your, uh, with your adventure, your campaign, your session, whatever have you. Be careful with the croutons. <laughs> okay, Lou. No. And that's a look at Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft and our take on the genres of horror. See you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.